listeners, welcome. This is a little spooky. What? A podcast about things that spook us just a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, or when you trust a fart and you shouldn't have. My name is Everett. And I'm Colleen. If you recall from the very first episode of this podcast, I said that this is not a poop podcast, but I brought it full circle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so I finished Resident Evil Village. And? That game is great. It's pretty spooky. I won't spoil anything in case anyone wants to play it, but I very much enjoyed it. Everyone knows that Lady Dimitrescu is tall and thick. Yeah, she's the only character I saw. I concur that she is very tall and thick. Do you have to concur? I feel like that's a fact. Oh, yeah. It's a fact. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so what are we talking about today, my dear co-host? Have you heard of the moberly Jordan incident? Excuse you. Okay, so no. <laughs> no. Have you ever woken up yes. in the morning yes. and you look around and everything is the same, but it feels different? Like the lights are more yellow and the talking sounds louder, but you know everything, nothing has changed. It just has a different feel to it. Yeah, I, especially when I was younger. That's something that I definitely felt a lot of the time. It's almost like deja vu. It's like adjacent to that feeling. Yeah. Where it's like, it seems the same, but it feels like something's out of place or wrong. Yeah, that used to happen to me all the time as a kid. And my twin sister and I would just call it weird days. Like I'm having a weird day. <laughs> but I found out, this is unrelated to the podcast, I found out that that's a symptom of anxiety. Dissociation from... Reality. I, okay. That's a little surprising. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But the reason I brought it up is because this the premise of this story is kind of that feeling. It's not quite an alternate universe. It's not aliens. It's not quite ghosts. It's not quite time travel. It's like life but off. Okay. I'm intrigued. Yes. It's, gonna be, it's an interesting story. So I'm going to start by telling you the story, and then I have a lot of theories about it. Okay. Because it, it, it doesn't fall into any one category. Okay. The backgrounds of the two main protagonists aren't necessarily relevant, but they might give you more of an idea of whether or not you think they might be credible. Sure. Okay. The two women in this story are Charlotte Ann Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain are two very intelligent British women born in the mid-19th century. Okay. Charlotte Moberly was born in 1846, and her father was the headmaster of Winchester College and eventually became the Bishop of Salisbury. I love your stakes. <laughs> Except not at all. I just mentioned that. See, you know, like, she's an intelligent woman from with an intelligent father from a notable family. And she became the first principal of a young women's residence hall at Hughes College in Oxford. Who's? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor Jourdain was born in 1863. Her father was a reverend, and he had her educated in Manchester. 
Wikipedia notes that most women of the time were educated at home. So this likely makes her more educated than the average 19th century lady. She comes from a, like a really smart family. Margaret Jourdain is her sister, and she's a famous art historian. Philip Jourdain is a mathematician. So intelligent family. And she herself actually wrote several textbooks, and she ran her own school. Eventually, she became the vice principal of Hughes College, which you will remember Charlotte was the principal of. Right. Eleanor owned an apartment in Paris where she tutored English children in France. Before she became the vice principal at Hughes College, she and Charlotte decided that because they're going to be working with each other very closely and they don't know each other very well, they should try to get to know one another. Sure. Yeah. So Charlotte decided to take a vacation in Paris and stay at Eleanor's apartment. So it was kind of like a... She decided that without being invited. Well, they both, they both, they both <laughs> decided. So it was like a girl's trip. This is August 1901. So Charlotte at this point is 55 and Eleanor is 38. Kind of an age difference, but I mean, they're both the principals of a co- Like, they have the same job. They started their trip just traveling around Paris, seeing the sights. And on August 10th, 1901... They chose to do the touristy thing and visit the palace at Versailles. Okay. So they walked around it and they decided, and I read this in several different articles, they decided it was boring, (laughs) which is crazy to me. Can you imagine going to Versailles and being like, eh? Well, I'm trying to think back on history. Like, it's really just like a big castle with a huge garden. But like, other than that, it's not very remarkable. A castle? I guess maybe I'm too American. There's not many castles around these parts. True. Maybe if you're British and you're used to the European lifestyle. Yeah, I I think so. I don't know. Anyways, they say they get bored. And they decide to walk through the palace gardens. And they want to visit a building on the grounds called the Petit Trianon. The Petit Trianon is located inside a park in Versailles grounds called the Grand Trianon. Okay. It's a small manor house that was built between 1762 and 1768, and it was eventually given as a gift to Marie Antoinette from her husband, King Louis XVI, in 1774. Marie Antoinette was 19 years old at the time, and this was her place. Like, she didn't adjust well to life at French court, so she spent a lot of time at the Petit Trianon. And this is just like a miniature structure. Or like, it's like a manor house. It's not. It's not miniature. I mean, it's a in, large in house. comparison to the yes the palace. Yeah, it's just a house on the grounds of the palace. Sure, and it, it looks like a large, stately stone house. Okay. Anyways, back to the story. Charlotte and Eleanor decide to just wander to the Petit Trianon. They get to the gate of the park it resides in, the Grand Trianon, and they find out that the park is closed. They still want to get to the building, the Petit Trianon, so they decide to take their guidebook and find a different way to get to the building. It's closed, so let's find another way in. Kind of, yes. I mean, the easiest way to get there would be straight through this park. It's a straight shot. But since the park is closed, they have to take a long way to the building. Sure. They've got their guidebook. They're consulting it, but they're like me, and they get lost. 
I imagine this is a very large area. Well, right. So I had that question as I was reading it. Not everybody is as directionally challenged as I am. So I was wondering, how do you get lost in a palace garden? Like, it can't be that big. But actually, the gardens at Versailles are almost 2,000 acres. Yeah. That's a lot of space. Even with the use of their guidebook and the maps that they have, they make a wrong turn. And instead of getting onto the main street, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Allée des Deux Trianons. Okay. They walk through some tiny alley and they completely miss the house. And this is where things start to get weird. So as they're going on their walk, trying to find the Petit Trianon, they're talking, they're doing their like friend conversation but then all of a sudden when they get to this alley the vibe completely changes it's like they're in the regular world nothing has changed but everything is slightly off it just feels off they mentioned that it feels really oppressive like there's a like a really dark feeling to it but i mean you you can't really describe that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's not something you can see. And so I wouldn't go to my friend and be like, hey, this feels really dark. Let's not go here. Yeah. Because I, it's a sunny alley. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there's nothing suspicious about sure, it. Sure, but they both have this feeling where it's like it's similar to like, you know, how you can feel like someone's watching you or something. It's like that kind of feeling. Yeah. It just feels, it's like an aura of yeah. negativity. Yes. Neither of them mention this to the other. But they both feel it. Charlotte sees a woman leaning out of a building window in the alley. And she's shaking like a big white sheet. You know, as people would if you're hanging maybe sheets out your window. Sure. Eleanor noted that when she looked, she saw an old abandoned farmhouse with a really old, old old-fashioned plow in this alley. Like on the other side. Weird. They got the weird feeling, but they keep going. Neither of them mention this to the other one. They're just, I'm sure both of them are like. They're both kind of unremarkable things, but they're different. Right. They keep going. They try to figure out where they are and trying to get back to the main road. And as they're still walking down this alley, they come across two men that are dressed very strangely. These men are wearing long grayish green brocade coats with small three-cornered hats. Like a, like a tricorn? Yes. Like a pirate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I mean, this is 1901, so keep in mind that tricorns have not been in vogue. For like 300 years. Well, yeah. I mean, since the 1700s. Right. Anyways, Charlotte and Eleanor assume that these two men work on the grounds or are palace gardeners, employees of Versailles of some kind. And they ask them for directions. So the two men just tell them they just need to keep going straight down this alley. Just keep walking straight. As they continue, Eleanor sees an old cottage with two people standing in front of it. An older woman and a younger girl. And the the young girl is kind of in front and the old woman is handing her a jug of something through the door. Okay. However, neither of them were moving at all. They didn't, they weren't blinking, they weren't breathing, they weren't moving. It was like, Jordan said, it was like a living picture. Like, it was extremely real and right in front of them, but there was absolutely no motion at all. And they, It was like they, wax sculptures. They both witnessed this? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Specifically, Eleanor quotes, everything looked unnatural and therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless. There were no effects of light and shade and no wind stirred the trees. So basically, it's like they walked into a frozen world. Yeah, it, like remi- a painting. it reminds me a lot of like sci-fi shows and movies where like if there is time travel involved or something, like it's a frozen memory or yeah. just frozen space and time. Yes. And- you can move, but nothing around you can. Right. Was it just this, like, scene that wasn't moving, or was everything around them not Just moving? that scene. They're walking. Everything else is fine. I mean, they see those two guys that are dressed kind of weird. Right. I mean, there's a weird barn. And then all of a sudden, they come across this house. Nobody is moving. Hmm. It's, it's too late now for spoilers, right, for WandaVision. I was just thinking that, too. I mean, let's not, like, get too into it. But, but there's there, there's one scene where like a one of the characters... Like, a portion of the area is, is frozen while the rest aren't. Right. It's, like, unfinished. Right. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Like, you could vibe. walk up and, like, wave a hand in front of their faces and they wouldn't move. They're, like, a... What are those called? Like, a living tableau? Like, it's an art form where oh, you basically yeah. create a painting with people. Right. And... I wonder what would happen if they had touched them. I don't know. Spoiler alert, they don't touch them. They keep right. walking. Right, I assume I assume they did. I'm just wondering, like, if this were to happen, what would happen if you touched that? I don't know. Like, would they come to life? Or would you be frozen? Yeah. Or is it just, like, you don't feel anything? Like, it's just your hand goes right through it. I don't know. But weirder than that, sitting next to this scene, like, next to the house... Is this strange man wearing a black cloak and a like a farmer's? They describe it as kind of like a sombrero. I, I'm guessing it's kind of just like a straw hat. Like a sun hat. Yes. He's not frozen. He's sitting right next to this tableau, but he's not frozen. He's fine. Both Charlotte and Eleanor describe him as being absolutely repulsive and that he had small pocked skin and an evil expression. Hmm. Both of the women noted that they felt very uncomfortable walking past him, but they didn't want to cause anything. So they just kept going, just walk right past him. I'm just thinking like, so he has smallpox skin mm-hmm. and this is 1901. Mm-hmm. Isn't there like still kind of a smallpox outbreak at this time? So or like it's, it's at least common enough where it would be like a miniature plague if it were ever encountered. No, I think Catherine the Great got the first smallpox vaccine. But it wasn't, was it accessible, like, by this time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the reason I brought that up, though, is because I'm picturing, like, death, like a figure of death. Well, that's kind of the way they describe him. Right, the black cloak. Black cloak, farm, well, I'm, I'm guessing, like, the farmer's straw sombrero hat, because he's next to this, like, I don't know. There's like a farm they passed. There, mm. it seems like they're in this kind of like countryside village, sort of, is what they're walking through. It's just, it's just not only the black cloak and like he probably doesn't carry a, a sigh like um, some farmers would. But I'm just right. thinking, they didn't like, mention that. right? I, I'm just thinking like he has, he seems repulsive. He has like some sort of pox on his face, and he is conscious and moving next to a scene that is frozen in time. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just makes me think of like a death character. Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. They walk past him. And as they walk past him, there was another strangely dressed, helpful man who led them 
to the Petit Trianon. He told them where they needed to go. So he like walks them a little bit farther up and then says, carry on, it's right up here. As they get to the Petit Trianon, Charlotte saw a lady wearing a very light, frilly summer dress and a white hat with very, very, very fair hair sitting on the front lawn of the Petit Trianon and just sketching. And she noted that her clothes looked really old-fashioned. Okay. But Charlotte assumed she was just a tourist or, or something. You know, maybe they wear different clothes from where she's from. And it, okay. she seemed like she didn't belong in this time, is what she said. Sure. She's a lady out of time. The women are weirded out by this whole experience in general. So they, they just want it to be done. They walk up the stairs, the petite Trianon, and they join a tourist group and everything's back to normal. They're back mm. to real life. As I've said... Neither of them during this journey have mentioned any of this to each other. They were just silent. The whole Silently time walking. walking. Yes. So neither of them realizes that the other one was also having a strange experience. Mm-hmm. It was an entire week after the trip. Charlotte was like, I got to ask you, did you feel something weird? Like, was there something weird going on when we went to the Petit Trianon? And Eleanor was like, oh, my God, Yes. I just didn't want to say anything because I thought you would think I was weird. What was the deal with that? So they both sat down and wrote separate accounts of what they saw. Eventually, they wrote a book about this experience, but they used pen names because they were kind of prominent members. They didn't want people to sure, yeah, think they were weirdos. Right. Now, that's the whole experience. Mm-hmm. There are some bizarre things about what they saw. But honestly, if you take out of the equation the the two women who are completely frozen in time, mm-hmm. they could have just seen, I don't know, reenactors. Maybe palace employees are meant to wear right. period clothing. You could explain that and, away. And my thought, too, was maybe they all did see the same things, but they were just misremembering the order in which they saw them in. Because mm-hmm. it would be like that one instance one of them saw someone shaking like a sheet or something out the window at the same time the other one saw like a tractor or something you said it was an old barn yeah old barn like on a farm Mm -hmm. so like they passed a farm later too right with with that frozen scene it seemed like they had walked into kind of like a little village they were walking through a village even though it was an alley on the versailles grounds right i'm just wondering if they just thought of things in different orders it's possible and when you read their accounts they don't completely match up with each other right which is one reason which i will talk about a little later people kind of discount this whole story but nobody can really explain it so being educated women they tried to explain it away they dug into the history of the petit trianon like Mm -hmm. just trying to figure out what they saw And it turns out that exactly 109 years earlier, on August 10th, 1792, the Tuileries Palace in Paris was surrounded, the King's Guard was killed, and then a month and a half later, the French royalty was uh, deposed. Right. I don't think they were killed that early, but they were, they lost their positions. Cool. But what does that have to do with the Petit Trianon? Because that's a different palace. In their research, Charlotte and Eleanor came across portraits 
of people they'd never seen before. And they turn out to be portraits of the exact people that they claimed to have come across on their trip through that alley. The man that they claimed helped them towards the end Mm -hmm. get to the Petit Trianon fit the exact description of the Comte de Vaudreuil. The Comte de Vaudreuil. Vaudreuil? Vaudreuil. I know nothing of French. I can't help you. He was a close friend of Marie Antoinette. Okay. And upon seeing a portrait of Marie Antoinette, and it's the famous one where she's like very fair. She's wearing a white dress. Mm -hmm. I think it's from like the waist up. She's got a white frilly hat on. She's wearing her like normal white wig. Charlotte insists that that is the lady she saw sitting on the front lawn sketching. And she was sitting there like she belonged there. You know, most people in palace gardens aren't just going to like post up on the grounds. Yeah, she was making herself at home. Yes. Right. Years later, Charlotte and Eleanor eventually return to Versailles, and they try to reenact the whole thing. They try to find that alley. Can't find it anywhere. There's no barn. There's no cottage with people. There's nothing that they claim they saw existed. Hmm. Ten years later, they wrote their book, And then their identities don't come out as the true authors of the book until 1931. So the book was written in 1911, which happened 10 years after the actual event. And then 20 years after the book was written is when they came out as the actual authors. So to me, that kind of lends to their credibility and the fact that they weren't trying to sell this story. Were they both alive? when? Yes. Okay. So now we're getting into my... My analysis of this story. Okay. Are they credible? I mean, if if what I told you slash what I read about their histories is true, they seem like pretty respectable, intelligent women. Mm-hmm. And I guess I don't know what they would have to gain by making up a story like this. And honestly, I think it would more hurt their reputations as educators to come out and be like, we traveled through time or we saw ghosts. But that's why they use pen names. Right. So they, I wonder if they maybe wrote it just to, to capture the moment, maybe see if anybody else has experienced something similar. I would agree with that if they had written it right away. But they waited 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's another interesting thing. Maybe they were misremembering things. That is a long time. Like I, I was in Germany 11 years ago, and I could maybe tell you two very brief scenes of my time there. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a long time. Right. The story that they're telling is kind of tame. Like, it's pretty moderately tame. Like, it's, it's, if I was going to be making something up for attention, I would have made something up a little bit more attention-grabbing. That's true. I mean, the only really unnatural thing was that frozen scene with Mm -hmm. the guy right next to it. But... Like, yeah, the the whole stuff of, like, them remembering certain things at the same time, but they were very different. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to just say that happened when it was 10 years in the past. Right. Like, it's possible that they had written notes down sure, in sure. That, that week later. Right. And that, like, they had told each other this story over the time. Do you know, just for reference, the name of this book? I think it's called An Adventure. Oh, just an adventure. I believe so. Anyways, 
I, with the exception of the 10-year period, which honestly, if they are doing in-depth research and trying to discredit their own experience, 10 years, I don't know, they it might have taken a long time to get access to resources and stuff back in 1901. That's true. I don't want to like sound super cynical, but like, you know, that's just what they say, you know? Right. Yes. And all we have is their word. Right. But again, that's why I'm trying to decide if they're credible or not. No, of course, what I meant was, what that's what they say. I'm just saying, if it takes 10 years to research and try and discount what happened to you, that's still a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, now we get into my theories. Mm-hmm. One likely possible theory that most people trying to explain this away say is that in 1901, the French poet Robert de Montesquieu had an apartment nearby the Palace of Versailles, the Versailles grounds. He was known for holding elaborate costume parties, period parties, theme parties. Like the Great Gatsby. Yes. And people wonder, is that something that they could have seen? Like they could have come across people dressed in costume as part of the party. Charlotte and Eleanor thought of that too. Like maybe there was some sort of event being held on the grounds or something that they just they had stumbled across but when they looked into it there was no event or private party booked anywhere on the grounds of Versailles on that day okay that's not to say Robert de Montesquieu couldn't have had a party nearby people wandered from the party onto the grounds of the garden or they could have been prepping for something upcoming too right so that that's like the main prevailing theory, one of them. That would make a lot of sense if that were the case. But it doesn't necessarily explain that frozen in time, no. evil, oppressing feeling. Not at all, but it would explain why everyone is in outdated clothing. Yes. Right, and they might have even had a Marie Antoinette actress. Yeah. Sitting on the front like lawn. So that's one logical and likely theory but like let's get into the good ones ghosts so eleanor and charlotte themselves suspect that what they saw was the ghosts of people who are affected by the events of august 10th 1792 what is interesting to me is that they could interact with some of them and others namely the frozen people were just seeming to enact scenes of daily life Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who believe in ghosts that believe ghosts are just records of things that have happened in the past they're replaying events over and over again right and whether i mean if someone believes in ghosts i mean there's a lot of different types of people and different types of things they believe in Mm -hmm. but could be energy could be actual like souls spirits that are stuck or something like that but either way it would, to me, make a lot of sense if a ghost would just move through the motions of prior events, right. whether it be a soul or whatever, or if it is just the same energy from that person mm-hmm. that just has to do the same thing over and over because that's what it's used to. Right. And to me, that's kind of what it seems like they saw. But that still doesn't explain the frozen stuff. Well, to me, that explains the frozen stuff, but not the way they were able to interact with people. True. Because if they were reenacting just 
daily life or events that happen on that day, it's it's interesting that they would be able to interact with certain members. You're right that it, it doesn't explain like how they're able to interact with them, but it still doesn't explain the frozen thing too, because if a spirit or energy is just going through the motions, that's sure. still not motion. I guess you could call it like a ghostly vision. Yeah. Like maybe it's not ghosts going through the motion, but they just were able to envision what it looked like at the time period. Yeah. Maybe. So would this mean that like Versailles haunted and that different ghosts and experiences like happen daily? Like, like depending on the day. And what year? How did they choose which year? That's true. Is history just reliving itself? I mean, 109 years may, apart? Well, here here's another supplementary theory. So they experience things differently during this whole mm-hmm. event. Maybe every person is affected differently by the spirit realm or whatever you may want to call it. So they're seeing different things, experiencing different things, and it's because what you are envisioning, the day, the time, the year, is based on what you're able to perceive. So maybe one of them is seeing the events of whatever year you said, 1792. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is experiencing things from like three years prior. That's an interesting thought. But then how would they both have been able to interact with the same tricorn wearing (laughs) guards or gardeners or whatever? If one were to believe in ghosts in the first place, you would have to believe that time is not a straight line, but Mm -hmm. it is rather cyclical. Yes. So it will have to converge at some point and then diverge. So that leads me to my next point. Time travel. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that they walked through like a weird time tunnel, time wormhole? Just, you know, kind of like some sort of like. Like I was describing at the beginning, like all you wake up and all of a sudden everything seems slightly different. What if. That's not anxiety. What if you are temporarily in a different time travel parallel universe? Yes. Maybe. It's an interesting thought. The same thought has come to me about deja vu. Yeah. Because it's like, I know I've done this before. I've I've felt the same way before, but it's like maybe you're just feeling something that you felt before, which isn't necessarily time travel, but it's a nostalgic feeling bringing you back to a different time. Mm, interesting. But I mean, that's not like witnessing anything. It's just a feeling. Yeah. I'm not sure. But so my problem with the time travel thing is why would some of the characters be frozen? And then you got the problem is every timeline constantly playing different times at all times constantly does that make sense like all time is being played simultaneously how does that work i i think that does make sense though it's just you you have to and this is almost fourth dimensional and Mm -hmm. beyond too but it's like i think a lot of people when they hear the concept of time travel they just think back to movies like back to the future or something and that's very still linear yep but time travel i think if it even is a thing or is possible it's going to be a lot more messy than like that. Like loops and... Yeah, yeah, it's not... Loops and like just right. different possibilities and different timelines in general. So like there's probably lots of intersections and overlap and parallels, but then a lot of things can change. So that's why they're seeing some things that are the same, some things are different. Mm-hmm. Well, and that leads me to 
parallel slash alternate universes. I feel like that's kind of tied with time travel. What if they didn't experience ghosts and they didn't walk through like a time hole? They're still on Earth Mm -hmm. at the regular time, but they managed to walk through an area where two universes overlapped. And in one weird fringe style twist, one universe was the events of 1792 and one was 1901. And it was some weird, timey, twisty thing. It's an interesting concept. I don't think physically universes can overlap that way, but dimensions could, theoretically at least. So maybe I'm thinking of it wrong. But that was just, I don't know. I just, people theorize that you create alternate universes every time you make a decision. Yeah, right? The, so the it, butterfly effect. Yes. Well, no, like if I decide to turn right, there's an alternate universe where I decided to turn left. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, every single decision well, you make in a day means there's billions and billions of parallel universes. Well, there would be an infinite amount because, Correct. you know, one universe could only be different because you're cells split a minute difference Mm -hmm. in a different direction so like exactly there's an infinite amount so the timeline where you made that opposite decision runs concurrently to the timeline Mm -hmm. that you are currently in right right so like they're they're playing at the same speed maybe in the universe they walked through and i realize this is like a dumb theory slash way out there but it was interesting to think about maybe in the 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 universe they walked through the alley and the hamlet they were in existed and charlotte and eleanor happened to make a different decision when they got towards the petit trianon that somehow brought them back to their previous universe yeah like maybe if they hadn't listened to the guy that was ushering them and giving them directions. They would have stayed in that. Right. But because they trusted him and followed his directions, that brought them back to their reality. Right. But then what are the odds of that happening? Of you being brought back to an alternate reality you've already been in? Well, maybe that... Considering there's infinite. Maybe that person isn't necessarily a person and it was... A time lord? Yeah, pretty much like someone trying to keep everything in line. So it's like sure. you need to get back to your own reality. Yeah. And I we, mean, that's as as possible as any of these. I really. mean, and the thing is, when you first described the events too, like my first thought was like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, like and the death. And then like you described this next guy. And I know that's only two, but like sure. I thought you were going to describe him in a different way. No, I didn't get that at all. But that's an interesting way of I mean, thinking of it. But there's only the one, though. So when I first read this story, I was thinking, oh, they're back in time. Or they're seeing the ghosts of people that existed in 1792. I guess the the biggest thing I got from that story was that one man that seemed to be able to move about normally mm-hmm. next to his scene that was completely frozen. And because he, like, seemed vile and slightly dangerous i just thought of like a reincarnation of death yeah or a cycle pump or something like that interesting interesting well i have two more theories my next theory aliens i'm literally just throwing that in there because literally anything could be aliens i mean i I don't think it works maybe they were abducted by some like french revolution obsessed aliens you don't know i don't know it's just as plausible as an alternate universe, to be honest. 
It'd be very odd if like aliens did exist and they're interacting with us and they just have like an obsession with the French Revolution, <laughs> particularly like, with the like French a lot Revolution. of old white men have obsessions with the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I just threw that one in there because I love some good alien stories. Of course. Okay, so this is the final theory. This is the most likely theory. This in is whose opinion? A lot of people. Like, okay. uh, if you do any research this is the theory that people trying to debunk the ghost or time travel think this is the one that always comes up i have problems with this theory for ethical reasons but i will come back to that after i tell you what it is okay the theory that is most logical that most people agree on if 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 you're going to believe that the the robert de montesquieu wasn't holding a costume party sure sure the most likely theory is folia do, which is shared delusion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know much about this, so I did a little bit of research. Yeah, I've heard the term. Yes, and it, I feel like it gets thrown around a lot, but I don't think it's something that happens that often. No, I don't think so either. So this, I'm going to call it a disorder. It, it's not recognized specifically in the DSM-5, which is basically like the list of recognized by science mental disorders or illnesses or whatever the closest thing that covers this in the dsm-5 is just delusional disorder right however there are a couple things that are hallmarks of folia do that kind of set it apart from delusional disorder apparently This is most commonly diagnosed when two people live together and are socially isolated. Right, with each other. Yep, with each other. Now, this could be true of the two women because neither was married. They both, I would say, have a moderately stressful job. I think at the time, teachers, women teachers had very strict standards they had to live by. I assume they lived on campus. Like, I would think their job is their life. And these two women have been isolated together in an apartment in Paris. So, I, but but not for very long though. Right? No, right. So the interesting thing though, shared delusions are most commonly found in women with above average IQs who are isolated from their families, and one of the women has a dominant personality. Yeah. So that woman with a don- dominant personality would basically have already had to have the delusion. And then share it. And then share it with the other person. So I remember where I've heard this from now. Mm -hmm. Not very long ago, there was that case in Wisconsin with the two girls that tried to stab their friend because Mm. they thought they were proxies for Slender Man. That's the same idea where it's like a shared delusion. Mm -hmm. One of them has like the dominant personality and is like treating the other friend as like a minion or like someone that needs to follow their direction. And they start to believe it. And they start to believe it too. Right. Here's the my issue about that with these two. One of them would have had to have been noted as the dominant personality. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't one a principal and then the other a vice principal? Right. One article I read mentioned that actually Eleanor was considered the dominant personality. She was the vice? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I read that in one article written by a person who has never met these women. So I'm not sure where they got that. They seem fairly equal to me in terms of their relationship on this trip from what I read. Sure, yeah, yeah. 
I don't understand psychological disorders very well, so not qualified to really comment, but it doesn't seem to me that this is the sort of illusion Eleanor would have already had and then shared with Charlotte. If it's true that they talked about it a week later and Charlotte is the one who brought it up. Very true. The Okay, and here's a problem I have with this too. So she, whichever one it is, definitely didn't have these types of delusions prior to their trip. That we know of. That we know of. But it's possible one of them did have delusions during the trip. The other one didn't. But when they talked about it a week later, she was so convincing that the other one started remembering things like, yeah, I felt kind of uncomfortable there. Yeah, I remember things differently from you do. And it's because the other one was having delusions. It's like maybe that one person really did see someone waving a sheet throughout a window while the other one like yeah saw something completely different right so th- I don't know. that's kind of why people say this is the most likely theory i mean it's the, it, may, it doesn't mean, involve it, ghosts or it, it makes aliens it makes sense but it still doesn't well though. here's my problem with it people seem to accept that as the answer fully do i don't think that it is fair for us to dismiss their two experiences as a delusion just because it's something that we don't necessarily want to believe. Like the Dana Scully in me says, yes, they probably had a shared delusion. Like that's the answer case closed. Scientifically, that makes the most sense. But the Fox Mulder in me says that these women were never prior, previously diagnosed with any sort of mental disorders. Nobody has ever mentioned a mental disorder. They were not evaluated by psychiatrists or psychologists of any kind. And the DSM-5 doesn't even recognize this Mm -hmm. specifically. The cases that are noted in history as folia do seem shaky at best to me. I mean, you could argue that in the case of Wisconsin, the girls that were following the one who was having delusions, she may not have actually believed it. It may have been a more of a a personality sort of like leader follower thing. She might not. She might have known Slender Man's not real. I mean, for sure. And just to kind of briefly touch on that again, too, it's like I I don't know whether she believed in Slender Man or not. Right. After the fact, after everything happened in that case, I feel like she kind of did believe it because she lived that reality for so long. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you're living from your own experiences and remembering things falsely. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. So, I get that this seems like the most science-y slash logical answer. And I'm inclined to believe it. But I just want everyone to keep in mind as stupid as I sound, this is just as probable as ghosts or time travel because there is no way to prove the, Yeah, that. The, this is still on in the realms of pseudoscience, yep. really. And not like just psychology in general, but this specific syndrome right. definitely is because it's not like someone can experience the same thing as someone else like, and they have the same psych, like psychotic break or something. Right. Like, one can be influenced by the other and maybe falsely remember things that didn't happen because of the influence over time. Right. But I don't think they both 
had the same delusions. I, I don't think so either, personally. I mean, it's fair to Maybe recommend that a but... that one of them or even both had mental illnesses. But the thing is, there's no way to prove that. And it's just a theory yeah. because there is no scientist that can interview them now. Right. Well, they're dead. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, there are psychiatrists and psychologists who have read this story and made that diagnosis from afar. But again, just a theory. So I'm just going to go with aliens. I mean... <laughs> I, I don't know what I think is the most likely, honestly, because they honestly could all be likely. And I, I think it's ghosts. Well, I think it's just as likely, too, that they made it up for a story. Like, yeah. but then why write it with under a pen name? Well, because they're already established, you know, career women like in a time period where it's not prevalent to have a career as a woman. Yeah. They don't want to destroy that. They don't want to, you know, have some work of fiction bring down their names. Mm -hmm. Or, honestly, the most likely, one of them or both of them saw some, they were lost. They were confused. Yeah. They didn't know where they were. They did see some strange, area. unfamiliar things. And they told the story to each other so many times that they're remembering each other's memories. Yeah, and that happens to me all the time. Like, I remember certain things, and then I'll I'll tell that memory to my sister or my mom, and they'll be like, that's not what happened. Right. So that's possible. But it's intriguing. I mean, it's, it's intriguing to think that these women could have been walking through history. Like, seeing Versailles as it was 100 years previously. Right. I mean, reenacting in a ghostly way major events is a common ghost theory. So, I mean, is it really that out of the realm? I mean, what, what I think really happened had to have been a combination of several of those theories where maybe there were some period actors because there was a party or a soon-to-be party that were around the area, but they were also making like they're embellishing their story because it wasn't very exciting maybe they everything that happened in that story was true except for the frozen in time part they threw that in to you know make it a little more interesting yeah and maybe one of them actually did see that and it was a delusion and the other one just like well let's put that in our book i mean yeah. it, it could have just been a combination it, of a lot of those different things yeah i don't know i'm just i'm inclined to believe that these women did not make it up for the sake of telling a tale i believe that they believe they experienced I would something have to read paranormal it too. i am interested in reading it but that's the story what is it we don't know it's a little spooky that is very interesting and i'm left wanting like an explanation but i know we'll never have one no because they're gone. The closest <laughs> thing to answers you're going to get is that book. Unless, you know, maybe someone will find, like, Unless a somebody, lost memoir or something. Or somebody finds that alley and experiences the same thing. Anyways, I know for a fact we have a really interesting listener story because I read it on Instagram. Yeah, I don't check Instagram, but I am going to read it today. So this comes from Doc Astro, who sent us a DM on Instagram. And they say, I have a story from when I was about 8 to 10 years old. At that time, both of my parents worked in the late afternoon or night, so we would go with them and just hang out in their building from about 4 to 8. 
At home, we had two small dogs that could pass between the house and the backyard through a doggy door, and as a kid, I was always paranoid that they would escape through the backyard and run away. They were the type of the type when if you would leave the door open, they would just run. I have that same feeling, too, with our dog. Yeah, yes, she sucks. Anyway, <laughs> so when we got home around 8, I would always run around to the backyard to make sure all of the gates were locked and closed to ensure the dogs didn't get out. It wasn't hard to rattle the gates open. A strong wind was enough to do it. One night, I arrived to find a gate was indeed open. So I continued into the backyard to see if my dog was there, planning to enter the house through the back door. By the back door was a patio, and next to that was a metal grill. When I rounded the corner of my house to see the back door, I saw something. Standing next to the grill was what I described as a lightning person. They were humanoid, with two arms, two legs, and a head, and looked like they were made literally of jagged edges and light, like if a child drew a lightning strike. I could make out no discernible features like ears, a mouth, eyes, etc. They were standing in the grass with one arm seemingly resting on the grill. Needless to say, I absolutely jumped out of my skin and ran in the opposite direction, back around the house to the front door, screaming my head off. The next morning, I I even went back to check for burn marks on the grass or the grill, because child me assumed they were literally constructed from lightning, but of course I found nothing. I gotta say, that's a badass monster. And uh, this person also sent a couple follow-up DMs also. Uh, This happened in a small town in western Nebraska, and it was in the middle of the summer. So lightning strikes, middle of the summer, western Nebraska? Tornado Alley. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I suppose a lot of storm activity would probably happen around that area. Yeah, but lightning doesn't really have, like, appear for more than, like, a like fraction a of a second. No, of course. But like, yeah, what is it? So I think that is so cool. I've never heard of anything like that. And I Googled it. They said that they had also done as much research as they could into it, but they can't really find any information about like a lightning monster or a lightning man. Yeah, I'm reading that follow-up DM too, and they say that uh, they couldn't really figure out anything, but when they were a kid, they definitely 100% believed it was an alien. Ooh, um, oh, it totally could have been. I don't know why, but this the first thought that came to my mind is like, if you think back to like the Harry Potter movies, they're like those little stick men creatures, like in like one of those magic creature classes. And I think it was in that newer Fantastic Beast movie. It's like a little stick man. But I'm just picturing that, but made of like light. I'm totally picturing five bolts of lightning one bolt being the head and body two bolts being legs and two bolts being arms like a weird stick man made out of lightning and it's like casually leaning against the grill trying to be like hey what's up but you freak out you ruin the moment doc astro what if they just needed a friend that's it's i'm getting like weird like siren head vibes too like it's like a new creation because it's like so different like, I feel like if one of those, like, newer horror artists were to, like, draw this, it would be a huge hit because it's very different. I love the idea of it. I mean, it's just, it's so interesting. And I, it's, it is terrifying. You can't really give, like, a, an idea of scale. Yeah, I'm picturing something giant. You, and I was picturing something, like, smaller, like, half human size almost. Ah, see, I'm picturing, like, literally, like, lightning coming down from the sky. 
don't know. I guess if if they exist, there could be many sizes too. Yeah. What if lightning is actually just these things coming down to earth, but dying before they can get here? And that one just managed to make it. <laughs> it's, it's Science. Kinda, it's very, yeah. What is it? Like, I guess there's just no way to know because I just, I, like, I think there's no other stories about this. That it's built like a person. It wasn't like... Well, not like a person. It was just humanoid. Humanoid. But to me, humanoid means arms and legs and, and a head. torso. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so it doesn't look human. It's just got the limbs and head of a right. person. Well, a stick person doesn't look human either. It's just got the limbs and head of a person. Yeah. But you recognize that it's humanoid. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. It's, it's what interesting to me. And I, for some reason, was just thinking like mythological creature, but alien... I like it. Actually, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, isn't like I'm thinking of the Hercules Disney movie. Isn't one of the Titans like a lightning yes. man? <gasps> yeah, where well, or a volcano. No, that or there's two. more than one. Yeah, there were like four of them. What if you accidentally came across a Titan in western Nebraska? Yeah, in western <laughs> Yeah, somewhere in Nebraska. Very, I, very cool story. Yes, about Doc I Astro. love that story. Thank and if, you for sending it. If anyone else has experienced something like this or heard of something like this. Or please, have any theories. Yeah, too. please write into us. I would love to hear them because this story is great. And if you want to just discuss this with other listeners too, join our Discord too. Uh, we have, you know, a, a section on Discord for every, of, every one of our podcasts on Nerdsloth. But if you want to talk about this on A Little Spooky... Uh, that page on our Discord, come at us. Yeah, we love to read those. Um, and just discuss it with you, too. Yeah. Otherwise, if you want to send us a DM about anything, whether it be a personal story, a request of any kind, or whatever, you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All are at NerdslothHQ. Or you can email us at podcast at nerdsloth.com. Or you can just go to nerdsloth.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our store. Email us. Check out all the other podcasts. All right. That's all we got today. That's all we have. We will be back at you next week. Love Everett's going to be telling me some kind of story. And we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by Nerdsloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.